Being a Better Man, episode 176. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. I spent my early 30s driving a semi-truck around the United States. It was during the in-between time, between my divorce and ultimately getting custody of my kids. For the time being, it served my purpose as well, and it also provided me with a lot of adventures that I would not have had otherwise. I got to see the entire country from the inside out. The only real drawback to the whole gig was that I had to be away from my kids and family for periods of time. It wasn't too long before I was able to make a change, but for the time being, this is what I was doing. One day, I was hauling a load north on I-75 through Colorado. I was going to go through Cheyenne, Wyoming and pick up I-80 to keep heading west. Everything was going pretty well. The weather was nice, the roads were good, and I didn't have any worries. That was about to change, unfortunately. See, when you enter into a new state, there is something called a port of entry. You drive right by it in a car, but they are a pretty big deal for trucks. It's where they weigh you and sometimes inspect your truck and your logbook to make sure everything is legal before you drive on their state highways. As I came into Wyoming and drove over the scale, an arrow came on indicating that I should park my truck and bring in all my papers. I thought, oh great, but I wasn't overweight or anything, it was just a random selection. I brought in all my papers to the scale house and was greeted by an expressionless state trooper. As he was looking over my papers, he discovered that the registration for my trailer was expired by a few days. He let me know about it and asked if I had a current copy somewhere else. I didn't, and I told him so, and then I asked to use the phone. The company I was leased to is who was supposed to keep all the registrations up to date. That was part of their job. We never had the same trailer very long because we would drop them and pick up a loaded one. They were interchangeable. So I called the company with the intent of having them fax a current copy to the scale house so I could be on my way. It was a Friday in the afternoon, and I got a hold of a receptionist and explained my problem to her. She sounded a little stressed out and then explained that because it was Friday, everyone had left early. There was no one in the office except her. I explained that she needed to call someone, otherwise I would be stuck in Wyoming with this load of freight until it got squared away. She said she would do her best. Then I told the officer that was detaining me that it should be on its way soon. A slight exaggeration. He seemed very annoyed with me, but there wasn't much else he could do. 
I went out to wait in my truck. After a couple hours, I went back in and asked the officer if I could just drive down the road to the Flying J truck stop because I hadn't had anything to eat for several hours. He was just getting off of his shift, and he said that he would escort me. So I followed this trooper to the truck stop and parked. Then he said to me that I was to remain in that position until someone came to release me. He seemed very serious about it. He was pointing his finger at me while he was talking. Then he told me that he would be coming by to check if I was still there, so not to try anything. The whole time, he never did write me a citation, though. After he drove away, I went in and got something to eat, and I brought my big map book into the restaurant with me. And while I was eating, I took a real close look at my predicament. I knew I wasn't going to hear from the company I was leased to until Monday, at the earliest. I had come to understand they were kind of a shoddy business, and these kinds of things happened way too often. I also knew that I could not afford to sit at this truck stop all weekend. Since I owned the truck, I only got paid if the wheels were moving. I opened up the map book and found where I was, and then I noticed a little squiggly gray line that began just up the road. It squiggled around, and it went right back into Colorado. That was intriguing. If the officer noticed I was gone, he would never think I'd gone back to Colorado. I figured once I got back into Colorado that I could make my way on back roads over to 287 and head back into Wyoming on another route, avoiding the friendly officer. It was kind of risky because I didn't know these roads and it was quite a ways off course as well, but it would sure beat doing nothing for two days so I decided to go for it. I took off from the truck stop looking for the gray squiggly line I saw in my map book. About eight miles down the road, I found it. I was sure. I turned left and started down this little road. I was pretty proud of myself for figuring out this ingenious maneuver. The road was narrow, but paved. There wasn't any traffic on it, and it looked like smooth sailing. After a couple miles on this road, everything changed, though. I ran out of pavement, for one thing. The road had become a gravel trail. I had come too far to turn back now. Besides, there wasn't anywhere to turn around, and I could not back up for two miles around all those curves I'd just come through. So, I just kept going. I didn't know what else to do. After a couple more miles, I looked up ahead of me, and my heart sank. There in the road ahead was a little wooden bridge that went over a seasonal creek. I stopped the truck and got out to inspect the bridge. It seemed well built enough, I guess. There wasn't any sign indicating the load it could handle. My truck was real close to 80,000 pounds, fully loaded. I sat there a while just looking at that bridge and wondering if I should try it. Finally, out of options, I decided that I didn't have any other choices. I had to go over that little bridge, because I couldn't go back. I fired up the truck, and I went for it. I decided I wasn't going to stop, even if I heard funny noises or timber cracking. I just had to keep my foot on the pedal. I held my breath the whole way across that little bridge. 
I did hear some creaking, but I just kept going, and I made it to the other side, to my great relief. I kept heading down this little gravel trail, anxious to get my tires on some pavement again. Two miles further up the road, I couldn't believe it. Another bridge. I went through the same ritual and worry I did for the first bridge, but I made it over that one too. Now the road had changed in other ways. It had become more hilly and there were more curves. I was starting to wonder if I was even on the right road because it seemed like I should be back in Colorado by now. There was only one option available though, and that was to keep moving forward. Finally, I came to a 90 degree turn to the right. I got around the turn, and I almost started crying. It wasn't another bridge. It was worse than that. Ahead to the left was a giant depression. It was really just a gigantic hole. There were plants growing in the bottom of it, so I think it may have been a spring. The trail I was on went by the hole on the right, where it met the side of a small mountain. From there, the road was just a cutout in the side of the hill made out of dirt. Probably fine for a pickup, but it didn't look like something I could do. The cutout road circled sharply around to the left. It made a big half circle all the way around this big hole. And then at the other end, it turned back into a gravel road on the far side. Okay, now I was scared. If I tried that and anything went wrong, I would wind up at the bottom of that hole. And who knows how long it would be until somebody found me. I debated with myself for some time. I enjoy a good challenge, but this was ridiculous. But I couldn't go back either because I couldn't turn around. It came down to the fact that I was stuck. And the only way, the only possible way to not be stuck was to drive around that cut-out goat trail of a road with my 80,000-pound truck. I knew once I committed to this course of action that hesitation would be out of the question. I knew once I got on that little dirt path that I could not stop no matter what. If I stopped, that would give the ground beneath me more opportunity to give way, and it would be all over. I was driving one of those big square cab-over trucks without a nose, and I started out chugging up that narrow cut-out road. As I approached the turn, I realized it was going to be tighter than I had thought. It was curving to the left, so I put the right front corner of my truck right on the dirt wall that rose up on my right. I was brushing it with the corner of the truck itself because... The trailer was going to need every inch I could give it. I was afraid to look in the mirror at the trailer, but I did anyway. And when I did, what I saw horrified me. My trailer tires were actually right on the edge of the hole. Sometimes the outside tire was in the air, dangling in space. The only thing making contact with the ground was the inside tire next to it. The further I got on this road, the worse it got. The slope to my left became less stable. Now, after my trailer tires went by, the ground behind it was giving away. The road behind me was literally 
breaking off and falling into the hole as I went. It was like an Indiana Jones movie. There were a couple times when it looked like the trailer was going to slip into the hole and just drag me along with it. But I kept my foot on the pedal and managed to pull out of those situations. The trailer would hit a solid patch of earth and the tragedy was avoided. Eventually, somehow, I made it around that entire thing without falling into the hole. When I started out, that road was about 12 feet wide. But after I had driven on it, now it was about 7 feet wide. The rest of it had fallen into the hole, under the weight of my truck. My truck was 8 feet wide. I had to stop a minute and collect myself once I got back onto flat gravel. I never thought I would be happy to see a gravel road, but I was. After my heart rate returned to normal, I continued on. It wasn't a half mile after that big hole that I reached a paved road. I was back in Colorado. Now all I had to do was keep heading west and stay out of trouble until Monday when the paperwork got straightened out. And that is the end of this story, and as usual... It taught me a lot of things. Some of them are pretty obvious, like don't work for companies that you can't count on. The real secret to avoiding situations like this is not getting into them in the first place. The more important lesson, I think, was that there is a difference between taking risk and just being stupid. It all turned out okay this time because I was incredibly lucky. I didn't stop to weigh the horrible consequences, though. If my truck would have crashed through a bridge or slid into that big hole, it would have ruined me in more ways than one, and my family would have suffered. It would not have been worth it. It's a pretty simple formula. If what you risk losing is worth more than what you potentially could gain from taking the risk, then it's a foolish risk. I've tried to remember that in all my activities since then. Now head out into the world and don't stop taking risk, but don't take foolish ones either. Weigh the value of what you are risking against the value of what you could gain if it goes well, and then make the smart choice. It's just another way to be a better man today than you were yesterday.